the reason why interest rates go up, right? It's a macroeconomic thing where they come in, they raise interest rates in order to cool off the economy, right? If inflation were to be left alone, it would just go crazy. And all of a sudden now we'd be, I mean, I don't know if you've seen those pictures of like Venezuela where they roll around with wheelbarrows full of cash that can't even buy them like a loaf of bread. Runaway inflation is way worse than a recession. And so a recession is caused by, by us uh, raising interest rates to the point where money stops circulating. That cools off inflation, but it also people lay people off. People can't borrow money. Businesses can't expand. You're seeing this now in the dental industry. Everybody's waiting on the sideline for a couple of deals to close before anybody else makes any other moves. So there's not as much movement and people buying and selling. But if we, if we lower interest rates or pause interest rates, that may cause inflation to continue to run. And then that's way harder to control. But I think that for those that understand this problem and have the capacity to like my, my suggestion would be join in and kind of like, let your voice know that this is important. The more people that can get involved in it, the more likely they are to cooperate. All right. Welcome to another episode of Dental Rift. I'm your host, Gary Bird. I am the founder of SMC National, where we help you create, convert, and close more new patients so you can grow the way that you want. I am Tanner Applegate, the CEO and founder of Unified Dental. We are a software solution built for DSOs that help you scale. So today we got a couple really cool things. First, we're going to talk about the feds pausing uh, the rate hikes, which I'm like, that's a really good thing. And Tanner was like, "Ah, I've heard some mixed messages about that. (laughs) So I'm, I'm excited to talk through that. And then uh, smart, uh, smart insurance and some smart cards. Smart yeah, insurance, insurance cards. So we'll talk about that a little bit. It's a right, new, but... new push in technology. All right, cool. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I don't know what that is. And we're almost up on a year of podcasting. By the time you hear this, we're about a week away from uh, getting, or I'm sorry, about seven episodes away from being at a year. We're going to talk about just the last year in podcasting and what it's done for us and what it hasn't done for us, and what we think about it, and if others should do it as well. So let's jump into the Fed's pausing the rates hike. So for 10 consecutive quarters, the Feds have been raising the rates, which for a long time, we were at 0% interest rates. So you know that was a big shock to the system. And there were some big rate hikes in there. They, 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 there was a couple times that they came in and just dropped the hammer and really raised interest rates, which makes money really, really expensive. And just recently, they were on set to do their 11th rate hike, and they didn't. They paused. And then they said, we're going to raise it another quarter, two more times, so another half a point between now and the end of the year, more than likely. They may be bluffing on that. They may be just saying that. They may not do it. And I'm thinking, okay, that's a good thing because that's going to you know, help stimulate a little bit of the economy. And now we know what's coming, and we know how to react. And we know when to spend our money, when not to, where to spend our money, where not to. But Tanner, you're saying that it might not be the best thing for, especially for the dental industry. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I don't know if it's necessarily the best thing or not for the industry, but the reality is too, is that the reason why interest rates go up, right? It's a macroeconomic thing where they come in, they raise interest rates in order to cool off the economy, right? If inflation were to be left alone, it would just go crazy. And all of a sudden now we'd be I mean, I don't know if you've seen those pictures of like Venezuela where they roll around with wheelbarrows full of cash that can't even buy them like a loaf of bread, right? So ultimately, kind of that's why interest rates go up is to help kind of slow down the economy. But the bad thing, though, the reason why I'm saying that I don't think this is as long term as people may project is that the economy is still on fire. 
right? They've been slowing, they've been saying that they're going to slow down rates for a while just because they've been doing it for so long. But the thing that scares me though, is that, that we continue to have amazing unemployment rates. We continue to have amazing kind of, uh, the, all of the indexes are up like something like 30% for the year, right? Like this is good activity normally, except for the fact that we're fighting this inflation problem. Yeah. So these rates don't, continue to go up and this uh economy doesn't continue to i mean it continues to stay hot i'm nervous that the the long-term damages will be worse than the short-term gain that we get from a increased rate that didn't go up you want to hear something crazy dental marketing agencies are dead you got that right they're dead why do i say that well we don't consider ourselves a dental marketing agency. We are a growth partner what that means is, is we help our clients not only create opportunities but we help them convert them and close them as well. And that is what's needed in the day and age that we live because just getting new patient leads is not enough. You need somebody that's gonna help you actually get these new patients into your chair and make sure that there's the right kind of patient for your office. Now, we put together a whole report that will tell you where dental marketing currently is because there's a ton of changes, tons of things are going on with the market. And we broke down what you're gonna need to do to stay ahead of the industry and grow the way that you want. The link is down below. Go check it out. Everything is free. I look forward to hearing from you. Yeah, I totally agree um, that inflation is a problem still. So you're saying so you're you're saying that this will cause inflation. Your thoughts are this may cause inflation to continue to go up. Is that right? I think that it's still going to become an issue. If we, I think that right now they paused it because they kind of said that they've been doing that for a while. I, like you said, they'll raise it a couple more times, but I think that they're still in the wait and see hold pattern. So they're waiting. If the to economy see doesn't cool off in the next two quarters, then they're going to continue to raise rates like they have to. Yeah, because you can't have inflation. The way I've heard it explained, or the Fed ex- basically explained it in a nutshell, is runaway inflation is way worse than a recession. And so a recession is caused by by us um, raising interest rates to the point where money stops circulating. That cools off inflation. But it also people lay people off, people can't borrow money, businesses can't expand. You're seeing this now in the dental industry. Everybody's waiting on the sideline for a couple of deals to close before anybody else makes any other moves. So there's not as much movement and people buying and selling. But if we if we lower interest rates or pause interest rates, that may cause inflation to continue to run. And then that's way harder to control. That means everything's super expensive. And then the value of the dollar goes down and then you have to raise uh, salaries and then and then you have more inflation. So yeah, I guess we're just going to have to wait and see then, huh? Yeah, that's my it's my thing. I think that this this quarter will be an interesting uh, quarter to kind of see what the response is to this. And obviously, then the next few uh, rate hikes will be their response to it. Yeah, so that means the va- so if 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 inflation continues to run, that means assets are going to continue to go up. Right. So that means houses, stocks, mm-hmm. businesses, values of businesses. But the problem, dental's kind of in a weird spot because you can't borrow as much money as you used to be able to borrow. Uh, and there's not as many buyers as there was before as well. So it creates this weird dynamic where the price may be going up in your business, but you may not be able to get the buyers because they can't borrow the money. So it's it's really weird. Uh, I think that from a business ownership standpoint, that's one thing, right? If you're looking to buy or sell this year, that's one aspect. The real aspect I think that impacts the dental industry the most is the fact that most other businesses, if you were to go in and get, let's say that you are a 
distribution company, right? If it costs you more to get your stuff, you turn around and you sell it for more, mm-hmm. right? But you can't do that in dentistry because of this insurance payer world, right? If I'm in a contract with an insurance company, if all of a sudden my costs go up because labor has gone up, because cost of supplies have gone up, et cetera, I can't turn around and just raise my rates. Right? And so now all of a sudden, that's where you start getting these real big pressures put on to both individual private owners, <laughs> DSO, I mean, practices, but especially these DSOs that have over leveraged themselves in times of plenty. And so now they've got this increased expense pushing down on their already low income. And they're, I think we'll start seeing a lot of DSOs kind of flopping because of it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, especially the bigger ones that have like adjustable rate mortgage, uh, uh, not mortgages, adjustable rate um, uh, financing and things like that. That puts you Notes, in a, yeah. yeah. I think this, I think this actually puts, I had a conversation with somebody else. I think the, the environment that we're in from a dental standpoint really gives the people who have those like five to 10 or a single practice really gives them a lot of leverage. Single practices might be a little more tricky because you, you, you can't do a lot there. There's only so much you can do with the single practice, but it kind of puts you in a unique position because your debt's largely fixed and you can add specialty. You can market more, you can do those kind of things and you can do it relatively easy compared to somebody who has like 400 locations. None of that's easy trying to do that. You know what I mean? Like trying to roll that out is like, you need a massive labor force to help you roll that out. And, uh, that's, that's why a lot of these bigger ones are, they're really at a disadvantage, I think. I, I mean, I honestly, though, I think it all comes down to your, your response in it, right? When times are tough, how do you respond to it? And these inexperienced smaller group owners may end up reacting in a poor manner that actually is worse for their group than acting kind of out of uh, experience or acting out of uh, strength like a lot of these larger DSOs, which have those insights or the resources or the connections to be able to understand, okay, exactly how should we react in these times. But there's always going to be people that kind of jump in blindly and have over, like I said, over leveraged themselves or got themselves in a tricky situation. I think it's going to start happening more and more. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's talk about smart insurance. What what in the world is a smart insurance card? Yeah, so right now, right, if you are a patient that comes into the dental office, the old school system, and then I, I say old school, it, it's the norm right now, is maybe my insurance gave me a card that I hand over and then my office can take that information and go in and verify that I have that insurance or not. Or a lot of the times now they don't even do that. Right. They just say, Hey, I think I have Cigna, but they don't give me any card anymore. Like, I don't know what I should do. Right. And so the office is like guessing is like, okay, it's a social security number. Am I supposed to go in and tell this person to go on their online to get a member ID number, et cetera. And so what the new push is, is to stay, let's take that archaic system and add in like a QR code type thing. Right. So if you still print the cards, when it comes into a dental office, the office can QR scan it and get all of the patient's benefits and act, act, like current activity right away, right? None of this like, hey, I have to go and log into this website, figure out all your information, get it, et cetera. And so they're really pushing to like, hey, can we get some instant real-time eligibility on these cards that we don't have to go in and push this office in a like rabbit trace to go and figure out all this information? Yeah. So are the insurance companies going to cooperate though? Because the reason it's so hard to do all that stuff is because the insurance companies created it that way. Oh, exactly. And that's right. And so uh, right now there is a big push from a group of people that are wanting this to become the norm, obviously starting in healthcare. But I think that for those that understand this problem and have the capacity to like my, my suggestion would be 
join in and kind of like let your voice know that this is important, the more people that can get involved in it, the more likely they are to cooperate. So I heard a story one time of a of an office. Uh, it was actually a group of offices, and they this this guy invented this little um, card reader for benefits for Medicaid, and I think it was in New Jersey, and it worked amazing. You'd walk in, you'd scan the card right for the with your benefits on it with Medicaid. It'd pull up all your benefits. It'd pull up everything right there. They were able to just do the work right away. Here's what you qualify for. Not only the patients got all their work done. But also the office was super easy, wasn't labor intensive, right? You didn't have to have a whole department to be able to do that. And then somehow he got shut down. And his theory was it was way too efficient. And so people were using way too much benefits. So they had to shut it down. And that was, that was obviously, I don't know if that's what actually happened, but it definitely seemed that way. And so a lot of times, even, even government benefits, it's like they don't want people to actually use them. That's how they make money is preventing people to use them. And that's where, you know, things get really, really interesting. So I, I don't see how insurance companies are going to get on board with this. It just, it's just more people using their I insurance. I think that right now, right now, the drive may not be for it, but I think the alternative will force them to do it, right? Because where technology is going, and there is a lot of technology out there coming where, let's say, for example, I want to get an insurance breakdown. My alternative is I go through a clearinghouse, which gives me a crappy amount of data, or I go through what's called RPA, which is like I set up a bot to go in and scrape the websites to get the information. But the third one that's getting a lot more traction, and I think is honestly the future, is we're creating these call bots that will call into the insurance companies, sit there and waste their expenses time, right? You've got an agent now on the phone answering these questions, and the office is no longer fronting as much of an expense because this bot is the one that's on a call getting all of this insurance information breakdown, right? So if this becomes more and more popular, what's going to happen is the offices aren't raising their expenses, but the insurance company is raising their expense in order to staff the call centers necessary Ah, to take this call. Got it. Right. So once they go out of control there, this will push them to say, okay, all right, right, you got us. We'll play in this automated world. So what we need is we need every dental office paying somebody, even if it's overseas or something, calling the insurance companies every 10 minutes, every single day, every dental office did that, it would just, it would bombard them. And then we, they would be like, okay, we'll come up. Yeah. Right. Everyone cares about the bottom line. Yep. Yep. All right. That sounds like a good plan. All right. And then, um, so we're almost, we're almost to show number 52. So we're almost at a year of podcasting. So you asked me a question, Tanner. Um, what do you think about podcasting? And I would love to hear your thoughts first and kind of what, this is your first year of podcasting. We're on episode as we're filming this, we're on episode 41 that's been posted. By the time this posts, we're probably going to be around 44, 45, something like that. What are, what are your thoughts around podcasting and, and what it's done for you or, ha- or hasn't done for you? Yeah, I think that, and, and for those that kind of uh, may not have been along with us in the journey for a long time, uh, the reason why Dental Rift kind of came about was there was a period of time early on when I first got out of the DSO, I was looking to start Unify. Gary and I found ourselves on a call, if not week, if not at least weekly, if not more. Yeah. Right. We were just chatting about what's the state of the industry, what's going on, what do we need to be doing, et cetera. And so Gary's like, hey, why don't we just turn this into a podcast? Right. Like we record it, we throw it out there. I don't know who's going to listen, but at least we, I mean, we're doing it anyway. Right. So my initial thought was like, I don't have anything to lose. I might as well do this. It only takes like an hour or so out of my time every week. And I enjoyed the conversations to begin with. Right. And so 
that was kind of the genesis behind why we started doing it. But as we started doing it, it got me the, there's a handful of things that I guess that I liked from it. First off, I like the knowing that we're going to record this every week and I go out and I do a little bit of research on the industry, right? What is happening? What's not happening? And that's exciting to me because A, I like doing it. And so B, this gives me a reason to do it. I have a a platform to go out and chat about those things that I care about. And then, uh, so that was one thing that I've really loved about it. The second thing is, is that we've done some exciting things over this year, right? Like we've been able to do things like get a bunch of PMS uh, CEOs on a platform, which has never been done before, right? We've got a lot of other things where we've had a handful of uh, episodes go viral where we've got a lot of kind of clips out of it and stuff. And so um, it's interesting now going to the event. I, I had no intention of kind of being a public personality, but it's weird when I go to these dental events and there are people that know a lot about me that I have no idea about them. And that's like a unique, <laughs> weird thing. It right? is. And so that's something that kind of I've had to figure out how to handle and overcome. And reality is, is like, when people, when I know that people have listened to more than like one or two episodes and they know a lot of more about me, that's where I love to be able to say, okay, well, that's awesome, but let's sit down and chat. Like, I want to get to know you. And that's where it kind of is. And in a podcast version, it's a one way relationship. Yeah. My goal is always to say, let's make it a two way relationship. And so if you listen to this and you run into us at events or whatever, let me know because I love to chat with you about these kind of things. 100%. Yeah. I, I always tell people I feel bad because I'll recognize people, but I don't know if I recognize them because I've met them in real life. I've done a Zoom call with them at some point, right? Like I've done Zoom calls with tons of people in the industry. So there's a likelihood that I Zoom called with you and I just, I'm trying to, my brain's trying to connect those dots. Or if I just notice you from like LinkedIn LinkedIn or Facebook. And so, and then, and then you add the podcast on top of it. Um, the thing I really like about podcasting is just building relationships. So obviously this one, we don't bring on a ton of guests, but just building relationships of like, I, now when I come up with, with things to talk about, I'm always like, what's Tanner going to think on this? I had a couple of things today that I didn't talk about, but I was like, okay, what would Tanner's position be on this? Why would he think that way? And so I love that. I love my other shows where I get to bring on guests and meet people is always amazing. And podcasting, the reason I think most podcasts don't make it past episode 21 and 22 somewhere in there and and the reason for that is because when you first start they don't do anything like nobody watches them and but it takes time and people start watching them and you start getting traction and people start recognizing you and so that is cool i love i love that i love being able to connect with people and uh it definitely is a a fun um hour that we get to spend together so i love it i plan on keep doing it um, and keep going. And I'm really excited because our team, Tanner, is working on episode number 52. And it's going to be the best okay. of. Like, it's going to have all the best clips, the most viral clips from all all the years, uh, this whole year. So I'm really excited about that. So appreciate you, man. Uh, I love doing this show. So hopefully you're signed on for at least another year or two. Yep, I'm here, man. All right. That's the pod. Peace. Peace.